My friend Cynthia, who's up here with me, um, became a part of our community a few years ago. Um, she was actually baptized here. Um, but the fun thing about Cynthia is she came into our community um, through an event called Malloween. And the mall has since done away with this event, but it used to be where they would do trick-or-treating throughout all the stores in the mall. And as Church in the Mall, we decided we would participate in this um, by doing almost like a fall festival. We offered cotton candy, popcorn, hot cocoa, candy, all the fun stuff. And it was a blast. And we usually had about anywhere from, oh, 500 to 1,000 people come through the church on that day. And Cynthia, with her family, came through. And Cynthia, we didn't even get to see her face because she is um, a person who is, one, extremely talented and crafty and creative and who loves cosplay, which means she loves to create and do costumes. And she was, are you Hello Kitty Ghostbuster, I think? Either that or a Hello Kitty Jedi. She was one, one year in the, yes, probably both, because she came through a couple years in a row. And Cynthia will tell you that she experienced this community as honest and real. And I love that. And it drew her in when she felt called by God to connect to community and to be baptized. And we have just loved to get to know Cynthia and see her grow in her faith. Well, we have been sharing stories um, this fall, stories that have shaped us. And Cynthia approached us to say, I have a story I think God wants me to share. And so today we're going to have a conversation and invite you to, to be a part of it. As, as we learn a little bit about how God has met Cynthia where she is and drawn her closer into his care and a relationship with him. And first I want her to be able to share with you um, a little bit about herself. And so I'm going to ask some questions, and she's going to share. And I really want you to hear God in her story. So, Cynthia, um, can you tell us a little bit about your background, your childhood, um, just to get a sense of, of where you come from? Mm-hmm. Um, my childhood wasn't easy. Um, it was abusive. Um, my dad was abusive. Um, he would beat me, beat my mom. Um, there was one time that I actually saw him hold a pistol to her head, and, uh, you know, I was always told by just about everybody in my family that I was worthless, that, um, uh, you know, just that nobody really cared, and, um, and my father's mother, she was also abusive, and she used to lie about me, lie about my mom, um, she would... Um, she would go around and call my friend's parents and lie about things because I don't know why, but she just did. She was a very mean person. And there was times where, there, there was one time my mom came home and she was babysitting me and she saw her chasing me with a razor blade in the yard. Uh, she tried to convince me that I was adopted. And, um, and so, and then school wasn't that easy either because I was bullied big time in school by just about everybody. Um, I really didn't have too many friends because um, the one friend I had, she had moved away. So I just kind of felt really lonely throughout my entire life. 
I'm so sorry that um, I'm sorry that you experienced that. And I just feel like you need to hear that, like that um, to grow up being told that you're worthless and that you're you're damaged. It's not right. And um, I hope that you hear that today. And I know that you've experienced differently since that, you know, growing up and even being a young adult. Um, but you and I talked a little bit more about your relationship with your grandmother and how hard that was. And to have somebody who is supposed to love and nurture you do the exact opposite. Um, I'm curious to know, um, you know, as, as you experience that relationship, though, where did you hear God? Um, when uh, it was about eight or nine years ago, um, when my grandmother was in the nursing home, my dad and sister told me that I needed to go see her because she was, wasn't going to make it that much longer. So I went in, and for the first time in my life, I had actually saw her as a frail human being instead of some evil, horrible monster that she'd always been. And I remember I didn't really know how to feel. I mean, I should have been upset because she was my grandmother, but I felt numb and confused because I didn't know how to feel. And at the time, we had this big maple tree in our front yard, and I did the only thing I could do. I was crying and upset, and I went to God, and I was leaning up against that maple tree, and I'm like, you know, there's been so much hurt and everything. I need you to forgive her where I can't. But, and it's like, when I did that, I felt like this weight that I didn't realize was, I didn't realize was there, I felt it kind of lift off my shoulders. And, you know, that's, that's one of the things that you don't realize when you hold on to resentment and anger and hurt, that it eats away at you till you don't recognize yourself anymore. Because, um, I mean, people look at me now and they think I'm all sweet and innocent, and it's like, for a long time I really wasn't, because I've because of the life that I had, I was very afraid of people. I always swore that I hated people, but it wasn't hate, it was fear. And um, so it, it's like when, you know, it, all that resentment and anger just kinda, it eats at you till you don't recognize yourself until you're something that you're not, you know, and then um, that day that I was that I asked God to forgive her when I didn't think I could looking back on it now is that's the day that I was actually able to forgive her and it just kind of everything kind of changed after that I, I felt that darkness leave and I just started um, I start, started going to God more and praying more and it wasn't too long after that that I ended up coming here for Halloween. That line is so powerful. Forgive her where I can't. 
And I love how God gave you the gift of forgiveness in that. Not for yourself, but for her. To free you from that, what you were just talking about, that, that pain and that abuse and that damage. In some ways, it, it gave you the freedom to let that go. Now, um, you know, kind of touching on that a little bit, you, you've talked about the hurt and the damage, and you know, there have been a couple times that you've shared that you've wanted to hurt yourself. Yes. And can you tell us a little bit about the last experience that you had with that? Um, the last time that I, I was in um, uh, the, the mental um, floor at the hospital, um, we were, um, it, it was different this time because they just didn't have you in there for a week or two and then just send you home and that was it. They would, um, they did like follow up. And I was, um, I would go in every day for two weeks because they provided transportation. And I remember going through Columbus, picking up other people. And I was from a community that was so closed off that, you know, it was kind of like cookie cutterness. There was no diversity. And so I was just, I was amazed how different it was seeing all these people. And since I'm also um, a big time social phobic, I, um, you know, I was sitting there one day and I'm like, you know, this would be so cool you know, to work at an airport. And because you see all different walks of life and things like that. And the, um, one of the other ladies that, that was in the, the uh, hospital with me, she wasn't there the day that I had told the group this, but the next morning our, the, the group leader, she had said something about it. She looks over at me and she goes, what, you? She goes, I don't see that. And she goes, that's shocking. And I'm like, yeah, I know. And, and because um, when I first came here, um, Pastor Kevin gave me a life application study Bible. And that's the first time that I'd actually wanted to read the Bible on a regular basis because everything else was like so confusing the way it was worded and stuff and so then um, I was reading the Bible every day about three o'clock and every day it it's like God was telling me you need to go out and get a part-time job because I was on disability because I had uh, my social phobia had gotten so bad I didn't leave the house for almost 15 years so um, I'm like, no, I'm not ready. And every day when I'd read that Bible at three o'clock, God was always like, go get a part-time job. So finally about maybe a month, a month and a half, I finally said, okay. So I did, I, I went and I got job coaching through um, Goodwill and I started working at a nursing home and I started feeling freer and like I wasn't as worthless as I thought I was. And it was just, it was just interesting to see all the things that, you know, God was telling me to do. And it, it's like, it takes me forever to listen because it's like, no, I'm not sure you're telling me, you know, it's like, but maybe you are because 
you know, and when I listened, it just, um, everything just started getting better, and I felt better. And it sounds like it's been a process. Yes. You know, not a, a sudden lightning bolt moment, but instead a process of how God has been healing you over these years and inviting you to be a person I think that you really, really like. Starting to. Yeah. yeah. I love that. What is, um, what is something that you would like people to know about God? That he'll meet you where you're at and that nothing that you do or no matter how you look, things that you do or anything like that, God is always going to love you. And nothing can take that away from you. That he's bigger than all of our problems. He's bigger than our illnesses. He's, he's bigger than the bullies. As you've been you know, reading the Bible, and is there, are there verses that stick with you? Or one in particular maybe that maybe you go to or is just coming to mind today? Yeah, I can't quote it because um, I can't exactly remember it, but it's the one where it talks about um, it coming to me, all you who are weary and I'll give you rest. And I kind of got peace when I went to God. So for you, that is rest feels like peace. And there's a line I love about, and maybe this, this resonates with you too, is um, there's a podcaster I listened to, Emily P. Freeman, who talks about what rest is, and that is sitting down on the inside. Does that kind of connect with you a little bit? But yeah. I think it's so amazing that Cynthia, who, um, when she first came into our community, and you can hear how God was already working in her life um, to forgive her grandmother, um, who was, correct me if I'm wrong, she never asked for your forgiveness, did she? No. No. And the thing is, so many of the people who hurt us in life, we want that apology. We want them actually sometimes to grovel and beg for that forgiveness. Um, did you ever tell her that you forgave her? No. No. But you have. Mm -hmm. And in that, you have peace. Yep. And so God was already working in, in Cynthia before she ever, you know, darkened our door. Or actually, I should lighten it up. Um, as you can see, she is somebody who loves color and creativity and just the fun of this. I, I love the wig. I do. I, it, I love the blue. I mean, it is fun and exciting and an expression of who you feel that you are. Um, and so to see how God has, has moved through Cynthia, even before she came here, you know, sometimes that's what God does with us is invite us on a journey. And the beautiful thing is that he walks with us. And that invitation to come to me, all who are weary, and I don't know about you, but there are some days I feel so weary. 
I feel like I don't even have the energy to, to get up and do one more thing. And yet Christ invites us to come to him and find rest and peace. And in that, find our true selves. To find ourselves worthy and lovable. Someone who can find joy in life when so much of life has tried to crush it out of us. And to then delight in, in people. Would, would you have ever imagined yourself a few years ago just intrigued and delighted and interested in people? No. No. As Cynthia shared, she's had some struggles and some, some phobias and, and been in need of a lot of help at times. And yet now I see somebody who, who offers hope to others just by being available um, to others. Um, a few weeks ago, Cynthia and some other folks from our community um, participated in an event going on here at the mall, um, a Comic-Con. You know, I've alluded to Cynthia's interests already um, in costumes and popular culture and movies and comic books and manga and all those creative elements. And the mall was putting this on and she and another couple people volunteered to man a table where you interacted with people as you were Maleficent yep. and st Stitch. Yes. Um, and I love it. I love to see how God is moving in and through Cynthia in so many different ways and offering her hope even in the midst of all that is challenging in life. Is there anything else you want to share with us today, Cynthia? Mm -hmm. There's one thing that, um, so maybe a year or so ago, well, been longer than that, that it was around Easter time and we did the, um, um, there was like a small group that they had and we were doing this um, exercise where there was one thing where we would focus and we'd be like, God, what's one word or phrase you want to tell us? And I remember sitting there thinking, this ain't going to work with me, you know, because I felt like I'm like, I'm such a failure at this. I, I can't do it. You know, nothing's coming through. And but then I went home and tried it just before bed. And, um, you know, if my dog hadn't been there to, to see this, I would have thought I was dreaming. But um, I did that little meditative thing. What's one word or phrase you want me to know? And, and prior to this, I was talking to God in prayer. And I'm like, you know, if you want to get my attention, you're going to have to do something to get my attention. You know, knock or something. And so I was sitting there doing this meditation. And I heard this light knock at the door and I'm like I didn't just hear that and my dog sat up on the edge of the bed and she's kind of got her head cocked like yeah come in and um, I was just sitting there waiting on something and and it's like from all around me but it then it was like focused like in front of me it, it's a weird thing to describe you can't describe it but I heard very faintly whispered the word hope it's like God was telling me to have hope. And it was just the, it was weird. I still, 
I'm like, I'm not crazy because the dog was sitting there, you know, she heard it. And um, so it's, it's just, that's something that I hang on to a lot, especially recently, and is that I have to have hope. Thank you so much for just sharing of yourself and your story today. Um, we're going to move towards communion. Um, but I hope that in this time that God has met you through Cynthia's words, to be reminded that God is, is with us and that he will meet us where we're at, um, whether it's sitting on our bed looking for just something from God, even if it's a whisper, hope, whether it's an invitation to see the beauty in humanity when you don't see a lot of it, but instead to be invited into something that is bigger than you and to know that you are worthy and loved by God and that when we even invite in our broken prayers. Sometimes we feel like we have to have the answer. You know, we have to be able to say, I forgive them right off the bat, but instead to invite God to do the work. You see, that's, that's what we sometimes get wrong, is we think we have to have it all figured out, and we have to have all the answers, and we have to be able to do it perfectly, when in fact God is waiting to do it with us, and sometimes for us. And I love that. I love how big he is.